Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. Hey everybody, what is going on? Today is Saturday, it's the 8th of November 2014. I hope everybody had a good Halloween, I know we did. We went with uh, some neighbors and went trick-or-treating, so good times was had by all. Uh, Let's see, oh, you know what, before I forget, I did want to say thank you to everybody that's been using the Amazon search box. It's uh, it's helping, uh, and I appreciate it. What I really like about it is the fact that if you're going to buy something anyway, if you go through there, it's a, you know it's a way that I get can get a, a little bit of a, a donation for the show, and it doesn't cost you anything. So again, I everybody that goes through the site and takes the extra time to do that, I I really appreciate that. So again, thank you very much. All right, let's go ahead and jump in with some feedback that we got, and this is uh, from the last show we talked about again uh, uh, having a travel firearm. Something that would be small and lightweight. You know, the airlines are just getting to where they're nickel and diamond you on everything. So uh, every, you know, anything where you can save a little bit of money always helps. So anyway, I got a suggestion from Daniel and he uh, says, Hey, Tony, before you sell your G26, so Glock 26, please consider these points for it as a travel firearm. One, it's not much bigger than the G42. And once inside your suitcase, size is irrelevant. Two, its capacity is on the higher end of anything else in its size range. Three, the 9mm caliber is slightly better than the 380. Four, you probably already own a lot of accessories. And five, being able to use a Glock 17 magazine in it is incredibly valuable. I suggest traveling with a gun vault in V200. In uh, V is in Victor 200. Uh, it's about $25. It's metal, not plastic. It works very well inside a suitcase with an included cable. It meets TSA specifications. It doubles perfectly as a lockbox for inside a car slash hotel room once you arrive at your destination using the included cable to attach it under the driver's seat. I travel with the following every time I fly. Suitcase locked with a tiny TSA uh, travel lock. TSA has master keys for them. A gun vault uh, locked with... The gun vault key attached to the frame of my suitcase. Uh, TSA does not need access to the inside of the gun vault. After you show them the firearm is clear and they give you a form that is taped to the outside of the gun vault. 
Uh, unloaded firearm with slide locked back. Unloaded magazine in Magwell. Unloaded spare magazine. And 25 round box of carry ammo. I usually pick up a fresh box of ammo before my trip all inside the gun vault. It's a tight fit, uh, but it works very well. 25 rounds is plenty for me. 10 plus 1 in the G26 and a G19 magazine downloaded by 1. My process is to go to the ticket agent and say I am declaring an unloaded firearm. Show them the firearm is clear. I lock the gun vault. They give me the form. I tape it to the outside of the gun vault, and then I lock up my suitcase. If you do want a dedicated travel firearm, I suggest a Smith & Wesson Shield. I bought one and love it as much as my Glock 26. And again, that is Daniel out of Pennsylvania. So Daniel, thanks for sending that in. You know, uh, with that Glock 26, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Um, for a, a, like a travel gun, uh, and again, it depends on when where you travel. Um, I think the 26, even if we were going to, well, let's just say like California. Um, many of you guys know I live in Arizona, and so California sometimes is a destination for us. And I've traveled with the 26 in there uh, to, to California before. Um, the way, as I understand it, the way that the law works there, and from everything I can tell, when, when I'm in California, um, I would not be considered a prohibited possessor. I can't have the firearm like loaded and concealed with me. But the, the hotel where we're staying at, I can have it with me in the hotel and I'm pretty sure I can have it loaded. Um, because the hotel, once you're staying there and paying for it, becomes your residence. And so even as an out-of-state person, um, I think that I'm, I'm within my legal rights to do it. Now, of course, I can't carry it around with me. I can't take it to the... Uh, you know, in, in the car, I don't know. Um, you know, so like if we were going somewhere, but then you would have to leave it in there. So the couple of times that, that I t actually took it with me to California, uh, we ended, I ended up leaving it locked, um, and secured in the hotel room as best I could. You know, of course, nobody stole it and anything like that. Also, sometimes what you can do is you can just take, if you've got a smaller box, I didn't do this, uh, but I think what you can do um, is you can take it and have them lock it up in the safe. You can give them a locked box and say, hey, these are some of my valuables that I've got here. Um, I don't think you have to disclose what it is. Uh, so anyway, uh, it, it would be interesting to know maybe if, if I'm wrong on the California stuff. Like I said, the research that I did, I, I think I was well within legal rights and everything on there. So um but anyway, kind of getting back, I, like I said, I had gone there, we'd gone there a couple of time on vacation with it and I'd taken it with me and I had, of course the, the, the G26, their standard magazine is 10 rounds. So you, um, you know, you're, you're all good to go that way. Now, of course you can get 10 round Glock magazines for, a um, for, uh, a, a Glock 17 or a Glock 19 or, you know, any of the other stuff. So they make them for those. And so you can get them. Um, 
But again, kind of my main thing was to have maybe something light, something that would be very, very small that I could slip into a pocket if I was in a state where um, I could have uh, I could have the gun with me. So let's say that if I was in oh, like Missouri or if I was in Oklahoma or Texas uh, or a state that actually recognizes my concealed carry permit, uh, it would still be nice to have something uh, that I could just that number one would be easy to travel with. And number two, that you could easily slip into a pocket. So, um, I don't know. I, I like that, um, that Smith and Wesson, that shield is a pretty neat thing. And then what, didn't they have something? Was it them that made the bodyguard? Is that the, is that still Smith and Wesson that made that? I think it is. I'm pretty sure. You know what? Hold on just a second. And I'm going to look that up real quick. Maybe only a couple of seconds has passed for you, but I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. So um, I think I was asking about the bodyguard, and it is uh, Smith and Wesson makes that. I also looked at the shield. Uh, you know, if I was gonna go, I don't know, with that shield, I would probably just maybe stick with the twenty-six. Uh, again, what I, I'm looking at is something relatively small. Um, super lightweight and, you know, as a travel gun, I know, and again, it would depend on where I'm going to go. If, if we're driving somewhere, I guess I not should say where I'm going to go, but the way that I'm going to get there. So if we're driving somewhere, I'm not going to care about weight or anything like that at all, uh, or size too much. Um, so if, you know, if we were driving up to, uh, you know, Utah or Colorado or something like that. My carry permit is valid there and I'm not going to care. You know, I'm just going to take like the, the 17 with me. Um, but you know, if I'm going on a plane and things like that, uh, let's say if we were flying up into Montana, I'm still going to want, you know, something that's pretty small, pretty lightweight, that type of thing. So, and then what can happen is you can kind of fall into that trap of saying, Okay, well, here's this criteria I want. I want it to be, uh, you know, small and lightweight. I want to be able to drop it into that front pocket and just not worry about it. Um, and then you kind of start to say, well, but yeah, if I just go and if I'm looking at something like maybe uh, that Ruger LCP, um, then if I, you know, I kind of like what I've, what I've kind of already done is said, well, maybe I can look at that Glock 42. It's a 380. It's going to shoot a little bit better, but it, it's a little bit bigger. It weighs more. So it's sort of the same thing of looking at like the SIG, like it's the P238, uh, which is a 380. But then again, it weighs more. Um, another thing, you know, the SIG is kind of a neat gun and it's nice and small and all that stuff, but it's kind of like a shrunk down 1911. And for me, what I like is I like a gun that's just like a, a point and click. You know, you just point like the old, like the old cameras, you know, or, or just using your iPhone. You just, you know, pop it up and boop, you take that picture and you don't got to worry about a whole lot of extra stuff. So what I like about, 
you know, looking at that Glock 42 or maybe even looking at the, um, the LCP is, is just, you know, you're going to pull the trigger and it would be, I think it's the same with the shield. Now I know the shield when it originally came out, um, had, I think it had that safety that was with it. And I think you can get them now without. So basically it's just like a Glock. But again, if I was going to stick with the shield, I know I'd be in nine millimeter and all that other stuff, but uh, for what I want, uh, I'm probably going to have to compromise a little bit and comp And for me, I don't want to necessarily compromise up, meaning that I'm not, I don't want to say, okay, well I can go with a little bit bigger or a little bit heavier. And then I'm kind of right back in the same, in the same boat to where I'm like, boy, I just, I wish I had something that was just nice and small and lightweight. Uh, I've pulled the, tr I've, I've dry fired the, um, LCP. Uh, it's not exactly my favorite, but, and if I ever, if I ever get something like that, it's, it will definitely be a, um, kind of a compromise on, you know, the, there's a lot of things I kind of like about it, but most of it is just that it's small and lightweight and I can put it in the pocket and it just disappears. Now, of course I would, you always need to carry, you don't just drop it in your pocket. You always need to have like a, a pocket holster that goes with it. Um, or, uh, on those things too, you know, you can, and, and, you know, this is another thing too, that I was thinking like with that Glock 42 is I can maybe carry like appendix style with it. And then your thing of maybe accidentally printing or something like that, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, when you're on vacation, you're going to be a little bit more active than you are normally when you're at home. Also, you know, you know, when you're at home, you maybe have a few more options on how you can dress and what you can take and things like that. And again, as far as the travel gun goes when flying, uh, space and weight are at a premium. So, uh, you know, I can, I can, uh, I could drop that little LCP in my front pocket in a, like a DeSantis pocket holster and literally it's going to just disappear. Um, but if I was, if I, uh, but anyway, kind of getting back to the thing about being more active. So you could say, well, you could just get like a regular kind of inside the waistband holster and just, you know, wear it maybe in the back like you normally do. But a lot of times when you're on vacation, if you're doing stuff and you're, you know, you're going to be messing around if you're going to different places and being a little bit more active, um, maybe the clothes that you have with you aren't necessarily the best for concealability. And I know you can take the stuff that works for you, but we all know that life again is a uh, sort of a series of compromises. So anyway, uh, probably one of the reasons why I haven't just gone ahead and gotten an LCP. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One of them is and I've talked about before. I haven't found one at the price I'm willing to pay for it. Uh, and two is there are just some things about it that I don't, I don't necessarily really like, um, that I, that I like maybe with some of the other guns. Now I know, um, I think it's car makes one, which is, I think who Ruger copied originally, uh, with their little stuff. And I've shot some cars before, uh, and I found them to be a little snappy. Of course, with the smaller stuff, um, the 380s that I, that I used to have, and so I used to have a, a Walther PPK, 
in 380 and it was a snappy gun and it would it, you'd get slide bite with that thing all the time uh, and it was heavy it was all metal and you know, it was all steel um, and I just didn't I didn't I just didn't like it there's a lot of things about that Walther that I just I didn't care for uh, so anyway um, and a lot of this stuff is going to be kind of with our next bit of feedback too but I may end up having to compromise and just eventually get like that little LCP or hopefully maybe something will come out. Um, what I need to do is go to a gun store and really compare the LCP with that Glock 42. And I know the 42 is a little bit smaller than the 26, uh, but it's also thinner and it's going to be, it's going to weigh a little bit less. So and people will say, well, that's not that big a deal. Is it, you know, um, it is if you're doing pocket carry. If I was doing appendix carry, probably not so much. And probably what I should do is uh, make my own appendix holster and stick that in there and kind of see. Normally when I carry, I carry kind of um, behind the hip in like that, you know, like 3.30, 4 o'clock position. Um, it's, just, it's just beyond the, the, I guess you would call it almost like on, on your side. Like if you did like a center line, it's kind of just right behind there, just a little bit further back. So like I said, like that, almost that three thirty position, not quite the four o'clock. Um, but with the smaller guns and because I carry the 17, I usually, I don't, it, if you're carrying a Penix with that, it's going to dig down into your thigh or, um, and I don't want that with that longer, with that longer slide. But maybe with something like um, like that 42 or I know the LCP wouldn't be that big a deal. Or maybe I could even do more like instead of a straight appendix, I'm right-handed, so a straight appendix on the right side. Maybe I could even do something like a cross draw. Um, and I'll have to experiment with that. So do you, any of you guys out there carry that way? Do you carry like appendix or cross draw? Um, let me know what you think on that, because I know that you're, your, um, potential to accidentally print on going with like a cross draw or with a, um, an appendix style is greatly reduced just because of the, the nature of where the gun sits on your body and all that type of stuff. So, um, we shall see. I know, uh, again, kind of getting back, back to also with some of the stuff that I didn't like about the LCP is um, from what I've seen, it doesn't look like it's going to be that great to shoot. And it looks like something like a 42 or even something like that SIG, that uh, 238, P238, it looks like ergonomically it would be a little better to shoot. Uh, and I, it's hard for me to say because I haven't shot those. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and let's jump in with our next bit of feedback. And this is from Josh and he's in Texas and he writes in and he says, um, on the travel gun, Tony, why not the ever popular single stack sub compact nine millimeters? If the Glock 42 was in 9mm instead of the more expensive and less effective 380, I'd be all over it. I like Glock. When it's not scorching hot, I carry a Glock 32 uh, with a Car CM9 in my pocket. 
Summer means I'm carrying just the car on my belt and lots of mags. It's a great gun and it has never had a failure, even during the 250 round break-in. If you have shot revolvers, the trigger is great. If you want something more glockish but similar, maybe the XD9s. You can find the car for around $380. And cheers, and that's again from Josh in Texas. Uh, I, did I mention before that I've shot some of the cars and I found it to be snappy? But of course, with the 380 stuff and the smaller stuff, they all kind of seem pretty snappy with me. Um, you know what? Let me go ahead. I'm going to take a look at that car that he's talking about, that CM9, uh, and I'll be right back. Once again, I, uh, just a second or two for you guys, but I went way down a rabbit hole. Now, one of the things that I didn't really know about was the car P380. So I'm going to really start doing some research with that and, and start looking at that because I watched a couple of videos and, and looked at a couple of things where they were doing actual, uh, size comparison and it matches up really well with the the Ruger LCP but that car 380 um sort of answers all the requests that I had that I would want so I'm 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 going to have to see if I can't find one and see if I can't find one to shoot um I know that's going to be probably more expensive than the LCP but you know, when we're, when we're talking about guns and we're talking about, well, are you going to carry this? And, you know, you, you get what you feel is the best fit for you and price really shouldn't come into it as much. Now I know I just, a few seconds ago, we're saying how I didn't, I couldn't find one, uh, an LCP for the price I wanted to pay. Um, but what I, what I kind of mean by that is that once you've got your mind set on something, and it's and you know it's going to work for you. Don't let price be a factor. So don't compromise on something where you think, well, this is you know this is the the best thing for me, and this is absolutely one hundred percent what I want. But it's maybe a hundred dollars more or two hundred dollars more than I wanted to spend. The long term thing of it will be that you, after a couple of years, if it's a gun that you really like you'll, uh, that cost won't really mean anything to you two, three years down the road. So anyway, um, Josh, thanks for sending that in and thanks for kind of sending me down that car road. I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at those. I've shot, I shot one before, but I think it was a nine millimeter. I'm pretty, I, I don't think it wasn't, I, I'm sure I'm almost positive. It wasn't the 380 and, uh, the nine millimeter I've, I found to be a little snappy. Um, uh, it's not that you can't shoot them. And like I said, I've shot three eighties and stuff before and they all kind of seem to be a little snappy. So I don't know, maybe the Glock 42, uh, wouldn't have that snappiness as much, but again, I'll put up with the snappiness if I can get that basically ability to pocket carry pretty easy. So that may be, uh, that's giving me a lot of stuff to think about. And again, that's the car P380. So if any of you guys had any experience with that, or 
if it's something where you're like, no, 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 stay away from that, or yeah, it's a good gun. I mean, I've heard good things about car. I've never owned one, um, but the the people that I know that had them never really had any problems with them or anything. So, um, and that's kind of I think what Josh was saying was that. Um, let's see. I'm going to read this again. It says I like Glock when it's not scorching hot. Blah. I, well, I carry the 32 with a yeah Car Nine, CM9 in my pocket. Um. So the car, yeah. So he said even during the 250 round break and he never had a failure. So, uh, like I said, I'll have to give that a, give that a, a shot and see what I think of like the trigger and all that other kind of stuff. Um, although with me, you know, with, with, uh, with, with triggers, you'll pretty much get used to whatever, whatever you shoot in your practice with. So I'm not too wrapped up about that type of stuff. So Anyway, thanks for the, again, thanks for the feedback. And if you guys out there, uh, have any other ideas or have any, um, kind of range reports on either one of those uh, guns. And like I said, I'm probably now that I see that car P380, unless I get my hands on it and really hate it, uh, that may be the way for me to go. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to hear from you guys. Give me some feedback on that. Okay. Let's go ahead and jump off on that. And, uh, what's our thing here oh we're around 20 minutes or so probably a little bit longer um you know this is a little bit off the subject and it's kind of going to be maybe a little bit more of a food for thought thing but the other day we were watching a documentary on alzheimer's and dementia and things like that and when you're when you're kind of fit and healthy and, and, uh, when you've got your mind and all that type of stuff, even, you know, maybe if you've got some physical challenges, as long as you've still, you know, got your mind about you, uh, you can kind of over, you can figure out ways to over overcome those physical challenges as pertains to having a firearm or having guns for, for self-defense and things like that. But, uh, Watching that documentary got me to thinking that, and I've also known, you know, um, I've known people that have gone through, uh, Alzheimer's and, 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 uh, even if they don't have that, I've, I've, uh, one of the things with my mom, uh, before she passed away, she had uh, pretty bad cancer. And one of the things that it did is it, it, uh, sort of affected her mental faculties a little bit, not too bad, but you know, she had, uh, you know, symptoms that were very, very similar to Alzheimer's. It wasn't what she had, but it was the sort of the nature of the illness that kind of affected her ability to reason and, and things like that. And at times she would, um, sort of have the same conversation. She would sort of forget things or, or sometimes she would, just sort of say things out of the blue that were, that were, you know, pretty random and, and didn't pertain to what was going on. But anyway, um, that's, that's neither here nor there, but watching that thing. And then again, knowing some people that have had that, you know, what would you do in that situation if it happened to you or if it was happening to, uh, you know, an uncle or a grandparent or a spouse or, or, you know, a cousin or something like that, or uh, maybe even a really good friend of yours. If, you know, if they start coming down, 
uh, with something like that. And then you, is, is there a safety concern there? And the reason that I say that is because sometimes what I saw is that in some ways they're, they're, you know, they're kind of there in other ways that they're not. And when your mind is telling you one thing, even though the reality of, of, of the current situation would be totally different. So, you know, you, your mind could be telling you, oh, you know, you need to go uh, get in your car and, and start driving. Um, and just, you know, head south or head north or head east or, you know, whichever direction and just keep driving. And while you're doing it, you think it's a good idea. And then maybe when you kind of come to, you have no idea where you are. Uh, you don't, you can't, say where you've been. Maybe you can't remember phone numbers, uh, things like that. There was a, not to get too deep into Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff, but I mean, there was a, a part of this thing that I saw that they were talking about that the guy was saying, I would, I would be cold. Um, and I wouldn't know the solution to that was to put on a jacket or to, you know, to turn up the heat or this or that. So my question to you guys and kind of the food for thought thing is, you know, what do you do? Uh, and, and, you know, maybe if it's you that that's good and you can tell, you know, you're, you know, Oh, you know, this is coming down the pipe and, and, uh, the medication that they got me on is, is kind of keeping me okay now, but it's just going to get worse and worse as time goes on. Uh, or if it was a family member or a close friend and you knew that their mental capacity and their ability to make certain decisions has been greatly diminished, um, you know, what do you do in a situation like that? You know, we, we talk a lot about in this culture about being aware and about being safe and about having uh, respect for the weapons and, and understanding that, you know, that in the hands of somebody, what they can do. Uh, we talk a lot about training, you know, to, again, making sure that you know how to operate your firearm, making sure that you can do it safely, making sure that you're in control of it and that it's not, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, in control of you. Of course, you're, you know, yeah, but you guys know what I mean. Um so that you're, you're knowledgeable of it. But what happens if one day, you know, you or your, your uncle or your cousin or your aunt went to pick up their firearm and they're like, oh, you know, like, how do I run this again? You know, how do I, so maybe they had a lifetime of, you know, good muzzle discipline and keeping their finger off the trigger. And now when they, they pick it up there, you know, the first thing is their finger goes right in there and the guy's like, well, how do I unload this again? How do I, I think I pull the trigger to unload it. I don't think the magazine has to be out. I think, you know, so, and you would think, well, that, that stuff isn't going to happen. That's ridiculous. But I've, like I said, I've known people that, that have kind of suffered from that and, uh, things that you, you would think that they would know how to do. They don't, you know, sometimes they struggle with using a can opener. Uh, and of course it's all end of, I know it's all individual stuff and, and, uh, everybody's going to be different in that type of thing, but 
let me know what you guys think. I'd I'd love to hear from you on that. I uh I kind of struggle with that a little bit, you know, because the part of it would you would say, well, um you know, should you take those guns out of the house? Um or should you, you know, do something like where you uh, you change the security code or change the locks on the gun safe that you got so that the person who's who's suffering from that can't just can't get access to them you know is it you know um, what do you do type in the, in that type of a situation and I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about that on any um, show or you know like in the national stuff like you know tom gresham or uh, michael bain or any of those guys and they're usually pretty tuned up on that stuff so uh, and maybe some other podcasts have talked about them and i you know i just haven't heard them um but i'd be interested to, i'd be interested to know what you guys think on that uh, so anyway i tell you what i uh like i say all the time i've jibber jabbered kind of long enough make sure to give uh, our friends our fellow podcasters a listen, um, you know, guys like Chaz and guys like Ken and Brian and, and, uh, you know, um, one thing I'm going to, I haven't listened to and it's just, I just don't have a lot of time right now, but I'm going to give, um, I think it's, what is it? Slam fire radio. Is that the name of it? Anyway, I'm going to give those guys a listen, give them a try, kind of try them on for size and see what I think. I think they're, uh, our neighbors up in the great white North up there. Um, so anyway, uh, I've seen, I see some posts and stuff on Facebook. So I thought, you know what, I'll go ahead and give those guys a try. And, uh, it's funny, you know how, uh, and I know people do it with this show. And so there's, you kind of go in waves of where you'll, Oh, I'll listen to this guy for a while. Then maybe I'll take a break and then kind of get caught up. So, um, and that's, I think that's how most people do stuff. You know, you get people that you really like, and maybe you have one set of show that you kind of, stick with for a long, long time. But even if you really like certain people, you're just like, Oh man, I'm kind of tired of listening to that guy for right now. I'll take a little bit of a break. So, all right, you guys give me, this is a, your, your assignment. Give me that feedback on, you know, what you would do with somebody with Alzheimer's, um, or even other mental illnesses. If you knew that those were kind of coming down the pipe, if you knew that, uh, well, I, you know, I don't know, I guess, um, that would be kind of a, a totally separate thing. You know, you could talk about people maybe that suffer from depression and have some other different type of things. But, uh, you know, what do you do, again, maybe pertaining to Alzheimer's or dementia when some of that stuff starts to set in with people? Also, I, I'm very, very curious, and I'm kind of uh, really wanting to do some research on that car uh, P380 because uh, I think that might... Uh, that might push all my buttons for me. So, all right. I will uh, talk to you guys next time. Take care and stay safe. 